Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 19th day of January. I'm your host, Paul White. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, I hope you're enjoying our journey in Genesis. Uh, Yesterday, we dealt with the 21st chapter, Hagar and Ishmael. Uh, Tried to look at it a little bit from a perspective of Islam. Uh, After I sat and listened to the podcast and prepared it, um, one thing I wish I had emphasized a little bit more, and I thought I would start with this today, uh, is that Islam traces her genealogical lineage back through Ishmael to Abraham, but does not trace the origins of her faith to Ishmael. And that was the point I was trying to make yesterday, and I just haltingly didn't do it properly, I don't think. What probably would have been the better way to say it is Islam traces the origins of their faith to the to what they believed was a revelation of God given to the prophet Muhammad, whom then they trace back through Ishmael. So when I said, would Islam exist without Ishmael? Why, why wouldn't it exist? I probably should have just went ahead and said, because they're not basing the foundation of their faith on whether or not they could trace through Ishmael, but through Muhammad. And my comparison is Christianity can claim a trace of lineage through covenant to Abraham, but the source of our faith is not Abraham or Isaac or Ishmael or any of the tribes of Israel. It's not even Israel. It's Jesus. Okay, there. There's a little uh, minute or two on (laughs) trying to add one more thing to what we talked about yesterday. That lets us get into this 22nd chapter of Genesis. And if there is a moment in the Abraham story in which we get the clearest image of Jesus as a sacrificial lamb, it's the Genesis 22 account of Abraham and Isaac. Let me read for you the first two verses because it sets us up for a a little look into another passage from the Old Testament. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Okay. One of the first things we notice is that God tests Abraham and what we know based upon how this story gets related by both Paul and James, that the test is of whether or not Abraham truly has faith. And that then gets personified in the sacrifice. James takes that to mean that the faith without this journey up the mountain, Abraham's not even righteous. Paul takes it to mean that faith leads to the journey up the mountain because Abraham is righteous. And we've dealt before with a little bit of a conflict between the way James sees it and the way Paul sees it. I'm okay with that. I think conflict between the way people interpret passages or scripture should not be considered a turnoff, um, but just shows you that wrestling out truth is we have a long heritage. It's not just some newfangled way of thinking about the Bible, but we should be wrestling out truth um, and and working with it. In this particular passage, the thing that I think is is really worth looking at is a comparison between the mountain that Abraham takes Isaac up and 
the Mount Calvary and what this Mount Moriah ultimately looks like. Some teach that Mount Moriah ultimately is the same mountain upon which Jesus is crucified. I don't think that it is, and I'll give you my reasons. Because if you move over to 2 Chronicles 3, verse 1, Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place that David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. If 2 Chronicles 3.1, which is a retelling of Israel's story, is to be believed, and why not, then the people that write the Chronicles were intentionally using the same name from the Genesis 22 account of Abraham walking up that mountain with Isaac, meaning that the writer of Chronicles was perfectly aware of Genesis 22. And so why would you attribute the building of Solomon's temple on Mount Moriah knowing that it is the site of Abraham's sacrifice or attempted sacrifice? Why would you do that unless you were trying to let all Israel know that the site of Israel's temple was sitting on the foundation stone as a cornerstone on the very place where Abraham's, where Jew, Israel, I'm trying to get the words out right, where Israel's great patriarch of the faith established the performance of his faith. So the great first sacrifice of faith, where he kills the ram caught in the thicket, takes place at Mount Moriah. Then Solomon builds his temple on that very place so that the temple, which represents the ultimate place of sacrifice for Israel, will set at the same place that Abraham's sacrifice sat. If that's the case, we have no reason to believe it's not. Here's what else we know from history. Solomon's temple will come down at the, during subsequent invasions and will ultimately be rebuilt by Herod the Great on the original site. So the temple that stood in the time of Christ, also known as the Second Temple Era, that temple would stand until the Romans destroyed it in AD 70. It was standing on the same spot as the First Temple, which means the temple that Jesus was standing in was standing on the same spot that Solomon's temple was standing on. And according to 2 Chronicles 3, Solomon's temple was standing on Abraham's mountain. When Jesus says, tear this temple down in three days, I will build it up. And the text says he was referring to his body. He points at that temple, but he's referring to himself. He puts himself as a temple being sacrificed while standing next to the temple, which is sort of a Jesus way of linking himself back to the sacrifice at Mount Moriah in Genesis chapter 22. So what Abraham does at the top of that mountain is a type of the death of Christ, though not on the same mountain, but just as Abraham's site becomes the place of a new temple, Jesus dies on as that temple to come back as a new Jerusalem in all of us. And so the sacrifice plays out in multiple ways. There's a lot to talk about. Over the next several days, I'm very excited. Genesis 22 is one of those places there's just tons of material and great great preaching, great allegory. We're going to work through it over the next few days. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.